I do not want you to be ignorant. You know you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. This kind of starts out a couple of chapters here of Paul talking about unity. Uh, if your Bible so is divided up, it would be unity, uh, talking about spiritual gifts. Starts out pretty strong with the brethren. We know going back to the first chapter of Corinthians that there were division. Uh, some of those brethren wanted to follow Apollos. Some wanted to uh, follow Paul. So uh, obviously they still got some problems going on that uh, Paul feels like he needs to address. So we're going to take a few minutes this morning to look at chapters 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians. So if you'd like to take out your Bibles and open up, that's where we'll be studying this morning. Appreciate the presence of everyone. I appreciate the opportunity to stand before you and present God's Word. Sound to a friend and a brother if you'll bring anything to my knowledge that I may say that would be wrong or in error or contradict to other scriptures. We do have visitors with us this morning, and uh, as you know, Donnie is uh, holding a meeting in Marcella Falls, and let's uh, men try to take his place while he's gone. So, uh, encourage the work of the other men that may be preaching. We uh, we need that encouragement. This is uh, something we don't do often, uh, but we try to do our best and and try to help you uh, through a study of God's Word. Paul starts out in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians, and you'll notice as as an opening statement, he starts out with the brethren here, and he says, concerning these spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Let's go through this first. We're going to look at four... Uh, four things this morning. Consider yourself, consider the work, consider the members, and also consider the greatest. And that's going to be love. Uh, love being chapter 13, the other three points will come from uh, chapter 12. So uh, back to where we were. Consider themselves. That's what he's asking. He's asking the brethren, dude, think about yourselves. And he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant, uh, that you need to have some comprehension. You need to comprehend some things uh, that are going on. So you need to, you need to consider yourself. Um, and think about the things that are happening here in the church. Um, you know, if, if, if we, when we lose our families, we lose our children, we lose our mates, we lose all the things in this world, you know what we're left with? We're left with each other. We are left with brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's the church. And that's what Paul is, is, is talking about, this unity uh, that they need to have in the church. You know, it's really all we've got. And when we think about us departing this earth... Um, we're going to be with each other in heaven. Uh, so that's the need for this unity. Uh, be careful about divisions. And we'll draw several practical points as we go through this lesson uh, and call those out as we come to them. But he tells them, don't be ignorant. Don't be uninformed. Comprehend what's happening here. Uh, and, and consider that you once were Gentiles, uh, that you were not welcome. You were outcast. Uh, you were pushed aside by the Jews. And that was your previous condition, and now you're called into the fold. They worship dumb idols. And as you know, as we go through the, some of the Old Testament, where it talks about a piece of wood, and the person would take part of that piece of wood and make a fire out of it, and the other part of the wood, they would use it to make their idol. And they would overlay it with gold and silver, and that's what they would worship. And he's saying, y'all need to think about your previous condition. And what you, what you did prior to this. They were led in any direction. Um, 
anybody that come by, we know Paul went into the city and they had all these different idols and they would worship uh, any of those uh, and really had no direction. Uh, didn't think much about their position spiritually. The other's trying to mislead them. You think about the Jews. We think about Jesus and the way they, they uh, was trying to tear away uh, the deity of Christ and take that away from Him. And you know there's false teachers. We know as we go through our studies that there were false teachers all around at this time and trying to mislead these brethren. Uh, people trying to lead them to worship idols, uh, lead them in any direction, just as long as they led them away from the doctrine of Christ. That was the main thing. Just got to lead them away from the doctrine of Christ. The next section starts in, in verse 4 through 11. And he, t he talks here about um, the work of the church is the way I've titled this. And, and think about a few things. As we look in this section, in verse 4, he says it's the same Spirit. Verse 5, it's the same Lord. And it's the same God in verse 6. As you think about all these different, these different the diversities amongst the brethren, know that they all come from God through the, through the Son and through the Holy Spirit. That's where these come from. So consider that. And then we'll back up and grab verse 3 when we're on this point. Um, we think about where they came, that these people that are speaking, uh, there were, we know there were people calling Jesus accursed because as our studies through the Gospels, that Christ was accused of having demons or being a demon or part demon. He cast them out by the name of Bel uh, Beelzebub. Uh, so when you, when you think about people calling Jesus accursed, uh, that could have been what the brethren were faced with. And the next thing he says is no one can say that Jesus is Lord, is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was guiding the teaching at this time. So as they think about the, these, these gifts and ministries to think about from where they came, they are from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're going to see different gifts. You think the, the I think one gift that, that comes to my mind is this gift of prophecy. And when we think about a gift of prophecy in 11.5, because I can see this as being controversial. In 11.5, um, here he's talking about every woman who prays or prophesies, emphasis here on this prophesies, Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. We go back to Joel 2.28. What Joel prophesied, in, when, when these days come in, in Acts 2, when Joel was prophesying about Acts 2, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So we know the women were able to prophesy. And we can imagine what kind of controversy there would have been amongst the people at this time with women that had this gift of prophecy. And Paul was saying, you know, there's women that do that, cover your heads. But we can know that when, when this gift was given and women had that, of some of the controversy and, and some of the dogma that may have came from some of the men, and for sure from the, from the elders and the high priests, how they would have tried to use that and spin that 
uh, to, to rip away that gift that these women had. But Paul is saying, no, this is a gift and it is from God. It is from Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. The ministries. We think about ministries and the things that would have been uh, taking place um, at that time, the serving uh, and all the work that would have been going on. Uh, and, and don't take away from that. Uh, because that would have been from God. That was, a, that was part of the work of the church. The diversity of activities. We know in Acts, where they had widows that were in need, uh, that there were men given to that work. That was an activity of the church, of making sure the benevolence was there for the widows, for the needy. So don't, don't take away from that. Appreciate that. And it is the same God it is the same God that works all in all. This is all by God's direction. The Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. This is all in God's plan. It tells them there in verse, verse 8, For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. We think about wisdom and, and what is wisdom to us. That's, that's kind of that application of knowledge. Uh, we know amongst ourselves that we have some people here that are a little bit better with wisdom. They, they, can, they can deal with people better. And then we have some that are more knowledgeable of the Word. A great knowledge, a book, chapter, verse. But it, when it comes to the application and, and maybe carrying that out to, the, to friends and neighbors, there are some men that are much better, women that are much better. Uh, all have great honor. We're going to see that as we, as we go through this chapter. But all, all of us have great honor. Uh, we all have different talents. And we all are to be appreciated. That's all through the same Spirit as he finishes out verse 8. To another, there could be faith. We know that there's some of us with great faith. Um, gifts of healings. The 70 that were sent out. Uh, back in Luke, when Jesus would have sent 70 out, they had all the, had the gifts of healing and even casting out demons. Uh, the working of miracles in verse 10. There's prophecy again. Discerning of spirits to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these different gifts would have been given out amongst the brethren. At the church, uh, all, these, all these talents and works were all important to the work of the church and to the survival of the church. This was all part of the survival of the church, laying that foundation. But it's one of the same Spirit works all in things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Again, God's will. God's plan, God's will. Being fulfilled here. We go in 12 to 31. Consider the members. As we look amongst ourselves, we should always, we should always appreciate, and I pray for this often, that we appreciate our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I travel around, and a lot of you travel, and we go to some of these smaller congregations that, that may be in smaller cities um, that are we, small in number. Most of the people there could be elderly. Uh, there's not, not a, a diversity in age. Uh, limited on the men that can take part. When you go out and you travel around, you see that, and you come back here and you see people that don't appreciate this, this, this number that we have, uh, and the love we share from one another, it, it just breaks your heart. 
so sad because the people where where that is that small number, what they would give to be in a have a, such a number as we have here. So when we think about this this next section, thinking about the members, the importance, and just keep that in mind. And as you travel about, you may see that at some point. But it's um, we we are so blessed here, and we should always uh, be thankful for that and pray for the unity here. Paul uses an analogy here, and he uses the body. It's kind of an elementary thing, but uh, you know we have to do that with ourselves sometimes. We have to break it down uh, in a very elementary form to try to, to, to help us understand um, the importance uh, of every little piece of the church and the work here. And he uses the body. He says, the body is one and has many members. They're in verse 12. And all the members of that body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Christ is one body. The church is one body. Though it's made up with, with many members. We are always one member of this body. Unless, of course, we, we withdraw from uh, and, and go through that process. But when you are a Christian, in verse 13, by one spirit, we were all baptized in this one body. That you're a part of this body. You are part of this body. And so, sometimes we see people that start drawing away, start feeling like they are not part. You need to be assured you are part of this body. And the Word of God tells us that. You are part of this body. And it doesn't matter whether you are a Jew or a Greek here, but today it's black or white, Hispanic, Asian. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you were slave or free. You've been made to drink into one, one spirit. We are all in one body. The body is not one member, but it's many members. It takes all of us. And that's if you ever feel like you're, you're, you're not part or you're pulling away or they're pulling away from you, be reminded you are part of this body. Uh, and you are essential uh, to the body. And you're always part of this body, regardless of how you should feel. He goes on to use this illustration. Um about the importance of each member. And, and it also applies to uh, this kind of this pulling away that we may feel, we may see. The foot, it, it may say, the foot may say, I am not a hand and I am not of the body. Paul says, is it therefore not of the body? How ridiculous is that? Just because a foot says I'm not part of that body. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are still part. The foot cannot separate itself from the body just because it says it wants to. The ear can't say that. I'm not of the body. It's still part of the body. And what would it be like if the whole body were an eye? Where would be the hearing? How dysfunctional would the body be if it was just an eye? It wouldn't be a body, first thing. And it wouldn't be functional at all. He uses this illustration also about the hearing. Where would the, where would the uh, if, if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? How would it work if, if it was just one member, just one part? It would not be a body. So the people that draw away uh, talk about, well, I don't have to go to church. There's no need. I actually, no man thinks that. There's a lot of people that think that. Just, you know, you just stay at home. Um, you're destined to die. You are destined to die. And I think we can use the illustration if, if my hand or my foot decides it no longer wants to be part of the body. What's going to happen 
to that part of the body, if it tries to separate itself, that member tries to separate itself from the body, it's going to die. It is not going to live on its own. And that's a, I speak of this in also a, the spiritual sense. When we try to separate ourselves and start pulling ourselves away from the body of Christ and from the church, we're going to die. It's inevitable. You are going to die. And when you see people pulling away, withdrawing, and coming away, they are destined to die spiritually. And the body is such a great example to think about that. But God has set each one of them in the body just as He pleased. Even though there may be some more wise than others, have more knowledge than others, God, this is pleasing to God. And it's just as He pleased, uh, just as He wanted it. Let's talk about caring for one another. If one member suffers, I'll jump down to verse, verse 26 there. Think about caring for the members. And, and again, we're, think about your own body and how your body um, should care for itself. Um, that all the members should suffer. Also, we'll back up to verse 25. Um, he talks about the presentable and maybe the unpresentable parts. Uh, and then comes down into 25. Um, all these parts have great honor, and we think about caring for one another. Uh, there's to be no schism but in the in the body, but they should have the same care for one another. And you think about what part, what part of your body does not care for the other part of the body, and what part of your body would let the other part of your body become in danger? Because it's automatic reflex, right? Something. Starts to hit us in the eye. We, we block it with our hand. If something endangers the whole body, we run away with our feet. The whole body works together to protect the body. And this practical application to us. As we see, uh, see parts of the body that are starting to uh, you know, come endangered, uh, we should start uh, doing whatever we need to help protect part of that body to make sure that, it, uh, that it's not... Uh, it's not damaged spiritually and, and separated. Because all, all the members have uh, great honor. Um, and then talk about if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it in verse 26. Uh, that we should, re we should re rejoice with one another uh, when we have uh, reasons to rejoice. Uh, we should be saddened when we have reasons uh, to be sad. Uh, we should care for one another. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. Uh, that though we are individuals, we are still of this body. We are still a very Im important uh, part of the body. God has appointed them. As we look down in, in verse 28, uh, Brother Curtis touched on this uh, in our meeting, that God has appointed these in the church. The first thing He put into place uh, were the apostles. And here Paul is putting some emphasis uh, on himself and also all the other apostles. Uh, that they are, they are out and kind of being, the, the, the as, as Brother Steve put it, Christ is cornerstone 
And then those blocks that make up the rest of that foundation, as we see here, the apostles. The apostles. And he's, he's driving this point home to these people at the church that uh, the, the apostles have all authority. And then what's coming behind them, the second in line is prophets. Uh, and just as so talked about these women that had the gift of, of prophecy, they were number two to the apostles, the way he's uh, describing this to us, that the prophets were second. So you can imagine. You can imagine some of the controversy uh, and strife that would have been stirred up when, when some of the women that may have had the gift of prophecy would have been second to the apostles. Uh, that would have not have been received very well uh, amongst them. He talks about teachers being the third. And then after that, what comes after that are the miracles and the gifts of healing. Now go back up to the beginning of this, and we can almost conclude that the division and the controversy that might have been happening at this church could have very well been over the, those miracles and the gifts and the ministries. That, that may have been the problem. And Paul here is telling them, Peter, uh, Paul's telling him that the first is apostles, and second are these prophets, and then those miracles, they're coming after that. The gifts of healing, they're after that. We're going to see why, chapter 13. Um, the apostles first, prophets second, teachers third, and then after that come the miracles, the administration, the variety of tongues. And he said, how would this function, in verse 29, if everyone was an apostle, or everyone was a prophet, or all were teachers, or all workers of miracles, what would it be like if we were all the same in, in, the, in the church that made up the... It's not going to work, because we all can't be hands, we all can't be feet. Um, what would it be like if ever we heard this saying before, what would it be like if everybody was just like me? You know, what would it, what would it be like? Uh, we've got to have the differences. And, it, and we, we feed each other and we help each other. And, and that, that's what gives us the strength. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Uh, and then Paul says, desire the best gifts. And yet I'm going to show you a more excellent way. Uh, they, they may have thought they've got, they see the most excellent way. It's in um, these uh, ministries, maybe in the gifts. They, they may have that in their mind. That's the most excellent way. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. No. I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And then we fall off into verse, into a, uh, chapter 13. And uh, really trying to lay the groundwork here for what is the greatest of all. Uh, and that being love. Love is the greatest of all. And he, he tells these brethren um, what it is not. As we look in chapter 13, um, what we can conclude that uh, it's not having tongues, right? It's, it's not having the prophecy. It's not having uh, the, the mysteries of all this knowledge. That, that's not love. That's not love. But he tells them, if, if you just have that, if you just have that uh, ability to, to have the tongues and you don't have love, you are nothing but a clanging symbol. So that's not love, to have that tongue and not, and you're just, you're, you're worthless. A clanging symbol is, is worthless to the work here. You can have that gift of prophecy. You may understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and you may have all this faith. But, but that's, uh, he's saying that's not it. Faith should drive us to love. 
Faith should be what uh, is our is our the very foundation of us loving each other. And you can have so much faith that you can remove mountains, but you have not love. I am nothing. I am nothing. Love is the answer to all the problems in chapter 12. When there's these divisions over the gifts, when there's division, love is the answer. You love, love the brethren, appreciate the church, appreciate one another. Because you can do all things, but if you don't have the love, uh, you are nothing. You can bestow all of your gifts to feed the poor. How many men have tried that? have tried to um, use their money, and uh, that that be their way to... Uh, maybe that money is the way uh, for not attending worship. Maybe for not loving the brethren, or maybe for some of their sin in their life, um, they have used their money. To, well, that, that kind of makes things right. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't make things right. You give all your money away, and it's not going uh, to profit you. Love suffers long. When we think about, um, think about this idea of love, that it suffers long. Uh, love is something, sometimes we may have this misconception that, that love is something I need to feel. You know, I just don't feel the love. Um, I remember studying about the, the king in Deuteronomy, that the king was to read... Word. He's making his own copy of the Word that he may learn to fear the Lord. Uh, the women, the older women, were told to teach the younger women to love their husbands. And we can apply this to us that we could struggle with this, with this idea of loving each other. It could be a problem. It can be a problem. It is a problem. Uh, sometimes I look around and I think, you know, there's some younger women that I observe um, and they, they could probably help some of the older women uh, loving their husbands. Some things, they're, they're kind of new uh, in their relationship, but I think, you know, they, uh, if they could transfer some of, that, um, some of that love over to the, the older couples that have, you know, in, if pressed on through, the, through time and uh, may need a little help, I think sometimes the young ones could, may be able to help the older ones. But we can be taught to love, and Paul here is telling us, when you think about love, it's going to suffer. Uh, it's not always going to be easy. It, it's going to take some endurance. And he tells us we've got to be kind. In those times where we don't want to be kind, we must be kind. We don't need to envy. I think we look back at chapter 12. That's what was happening probably in chapter 12, is there was some envy going on. Someone was envious over the other on them having the different gifts, maybe gifts of healing, maybe gifts of prophecy, whatever it would be. Uh, that, that could have been a problem. It can be a problem today that we have envy among. It don't parade itself. Uh, you think about parading, that how easy it would have been for someone with that gift of prophecy or the gift of healing or the gift of miracles, uh, how easy it would have been for them to try to parade that gift. does not find a place is not puffed up. Now think of, think of puffed up. You think about when the, the Corinthians had that brother 
that had committed fornication with his father's wife. And he said, do not be puffed up. You need to withdraw from him uh, of, of thinking uh, of their self-righteousness, of not being puffed up. Don't behave rudely. Uh, it goes right against, it counters with that kind. Be kind. Don't behave rudely. Uh, don't seek your own. Uh, be mindful of the other members. Now, you know, you think about that concept, don't, don't seek your own. Uh, how many times it would help us when we get uh, a little bit depressed or a little bit angry if we were looking to try to help someone else? Let me, let me help someone else. Uh, so let me seek somebody's, somebody else's uh, problems to help them bear. Uh, because we'll see that also, that you bear all things in verse 7. Do not rejoice in iniquity. Do not rejoice for someone else falling on hard times or something bad happening to them. Uh, but rejoice in the truth. And I, I think about that, how, how we should rejoice knowing that we have the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall, shall set you free. Uh, that we, we should rejoice in that. That we have the truth. We know the truth. We, we have it. We can read it. We can study it. We can know. It bears all things. That when it becomes time to suffer, that, that uh, love will bear that. Love will bring us through it. It believes. That it will believe in others. Uh, believe things will work out. Believe things that will get better. Uh, but believe in each other. And believe we can help each other. Hope hopes all things. It's hoping that things will get better. It's hoping uh, for one another's um, inheritance in heaven. It's a hope for the church. Endures all things, and, and love never fails. Love never fails. Love will always be. He goes on to tell him, if you're the Corinthians, if you're putting some emphasis on the the ministries and the gifts and the activities or, or some of these things. Be, be very careful. Be very careful, you Corinthians, because something's going to happen. Whether there are prophecies, they're going to fail, and the tongues, they're going to cease. And the knowledge, it's going to vanish away. These gifts are going to vanish away. So be careful about where you're putting your emphasis and where you're putting all your faith, Corinthians. Be careful, uh, because all those are going to, uh, they're going to vanish away. Because I'm telling them we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when it's come, that in part's going to be done away. He said, there's coming a time, all these gifts and these miracles, they're going to be gone. You're no longer going to have them, but you're going to be left with something. And he closes out the chapter, and this close out our lesson, that you're going to be left with something. And it's not going to be faith. It's not going to be hope, but at the end of it all, it's going to be love. And I'll tell you why I say that. When we think about our faith, we have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have faith in God and faith in His promises. When we die and leave this earth, we don't need faith anymore. We have hope. When we die and leave this earth, we don't need hope anymore. But there is one thing that's going to remain. And we see that in 1 John verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 8. And also in that same book in verse 16, that God is love. God is love. God is our Father, and that's who we're going to spend eternity with. So you see, we're going to have love with us for eternity. It is going to be there. 1 John, same book, chapter 2, verse 10. Something to, to, that we should always think about. John writes there, Whoever loves his brother 
abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. No cause for stumbling in him. 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. That's the greatest of all is love. We should have love for one another, love for our Lord, love for our Savior, love for each other. We should always pray for that, that we uh, don't have our focus on other things uh, that we're going to have to leave behind or that we could lose. We've got each other and we should always appreciate our love and love for the church. So what have we seen this morning? 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. See uh, the Apostle Paul talking about unity. Let's always consider ourselves. Consider the work of the church. Consider the function of the church. Uh, consider each other. Consider the members. Consider the importance of e each and every one of us are important. Uh, be thankful for one another. And then always consider the greatest. The greatest is we, we know we have God if we have love. Uh, and we have love for each other. That's the way we glorify God in our lives, is, is loving each other and showing each other that we are love. Uh, that's how we show the world uh, that we are Christians. If you're here this morning and you haven't obeyed the gospel, or you may have sin in your life that you need to get corrected, now's the time for that. Uh, we're, we're not promised another day. Uh, we never know. Uh, but we should always be considered, consider that and, and make, be ready to make correction um, so that we, we don't miss that uh, promise of eternity uh, and eternity with our God and our Father. And I ask at this time, if you have a need of any way, to come forward as we stand and sing.